Um, I'm reading Psalm 119, verses 1 to 16. Blessed are they whose ways are blameless, who walk according to the law of the Lord. Blessed are they who keep his statutes and seek him with all their heart. They do nothing wrong, they walk in his ways. You have laid down precepts that are to be fully obeyed. Oh, that my ways were steadfast in obeying your decrees. Then I would not be put to shame when I consider all your commands. I will praise you with an upright heart as I learn your righteous laws. I will obey your decrees. Do not utterly forsake me. How can a young man keep his way pure? By living according to your word. I seek you with all my heart. Do not let me stray from your commands. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Praise be to you, O Lord. Teach me your decrees. With my lips I recount all the laws that come from your mouth. I rejoice in following your statutes as one rejoices in great riches. I meditate on your precepts and consider your ways. I delight in your decrees. I will not neglect your word. Uh, second reading is uh, found on page 1014 and uh, I'm starting from verse 24 of chapter 7. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who builds his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the wind blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the wind blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. A long time ago, in a galaxy far, far away, Overseas calls were expensive. You would save up for a month to make one phone call back home to the motherland in England. And so Telecom, which was a telephone company, for those who aren't quite sure, uh, had to produce ads to entice you to spend money on making phone calls. There was no data included. It was just a phone call. But when you longed to go home, you could go home on the telephone, which was that black thing with that thing on the top for those who weren't quite sure. You wanted to hear home and you wanted to speak to home and so they enticed you to invest in it. We've seen so far that discipleship with Jesus starts with God's grace and it means being devoted to Jesus, treasuring knowing him, pressing on in knowing him and serving and suffering for Jesus. But you can't be devoted to Jesus without hearing him speak to you. And tonight I want you to feel how good it is that God speaks to you so that, like the ad, you'll invest in it and long to do it. I'm hoping that, like the psalm writer that we've just read, you'll rejoice in God's word, you'll want to meditate on God's word, you'll delight in God's word. Let's pray.
Heavenly Father, we'll know of the Bible. We've read bits of the Bible. And we know we're supposed to want to read it and to read it. So, Father, help me tonight and help all of us to be stirred. Like that ad was designed to stir us so that we actually want to read your words so that you will speak to us. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, Jesus said to his disciples, come, follow me. Following me is like finding a treasure in a field, and when you find it in your joy, you sell everything you have to get that field, to get that treasure. It's the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. But how can you know Jesus? It was easy for the disciples. They knew him personally. They didn't need the Bible. They didn't need to read it regularly, did they? Well, actually, they did. Why was it the disciples were waiting and longing and looking for someone to come who was going to be God's king? Did that idea just pop into their heads? No. They grew up in a culture. They'd grown up reading or at least hearing the scriptures, telling them to look for someone who looked a lot like Jesus. And so Jesus came along and said, The scriptures testify about me. I've come to fulfill the law and the prophets. The scriptures and meeting Jesus. And I think it's really striking that if, tonight I'm going to ask you to actually flick through the Bible. That seems important when we're talking about the Bible. So I want you to open up to Luke 24. Luke 24, at the end of Luke's Gospel, and uh, we're, we're on page 1107 if you've got the red Bibles from the foyer. When Jesus has been crucified, when he's risen from the dead, and it's the last days before he's heading back to heaven and he's never going to be on earth with these disciples again. What do you reckon he'd do? Last chance. Training for the mission they're about to do? Just simply hang out with them? Do some more miracles? Have a look at what he does. Chapter 24, verse 44. He said to them, this is what I told you while I was still with you. Everything must be fulfilled that is written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms. Then he opened their minds so they could understand the scriptures. This is what is written, he told them. The Christ will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day, and repentance and forgiveness of sins we preached in his name. What did Jesus do when he was about to go back to heaven? And what was the one thing that was really important for the disciples who had lived with him for three years to do? A Bible study. For that's how they're going to know about Jesus so that they can tell others about Jesus. No wonder we need to read the Bible as well. How is it then that we get to meet Jesus like the disciples did? Well, turn over to the right to John chapter 14, page 11, 29. Jesus sets them up, ready to tell and to write down so that we would know Jesus too. John chapter 14, verse 26. Verse 26. All this I've spoken while still with you, but the Counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. You've met me, you've heard me, and the Spirit will remind you and lead you into all truth. 
Again, chapter 16, over the page, verse 13. But when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears, and he will tell you what is yet to come. Do you see, the disciples knew the Scriptures, knew Jesus, and the Spirit is going to help them for us to know Jesus. And so at the end of his Gospel, chapter 20, John says, this is exactly why I've written these things, these things that I've seen, that we've seen and heard. Chapter 20, verse 30. Jesus did many other miraculous signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not recorded in this book. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. You see, we envy the disciples, don't we? They got to meet Jesus and hear Jesus and touch Jesus. But they only recognized him because of the scriptures. And Jesus promised the Spirit so that they could write the new scriptures, the New Testament. And so we can be sure that we know the truth about Jesus. That it's really worth reading these words. Some people are into history, and so this is exciting. What do I do in my spare time? What's my hobby? I listen to history podcasts, whatever I'm doing, doing some manual task. I'm listening about the 44 US presidents. Did you know there were 44? I thought there were about four or five. They were the only names that I knew. Turns out there were many more. There was one guy called Garfield. I thought he was a cat. He got shot by some guy who wanted Garfield to give him a job. He'd only been president for a 100 days and he spent the next two months dying because nine different doctors stuck their hands in him trying to get the bullet out. And the Americans hadn't been convinced yet that you should wash your hands properly before sticking your hand in someone else's body. Sorry, that's sort of interesting, isn't it? The US presidential podcast helps you to know about the facts of history and you actually know what really happened and you know it's real. When my dad pulled out a book that was published just three years, and it's the original one after this guy died, 1884, I knew it was real, do you see? A real guy with real events. And when you hear about the nine doctors, you feel like you know the people. The Bible's like that, isn't it? But what if you're not into history? What if you don't like reading, frankly? Why is it worth reading the Bible? Well, do you remember what Paul said? The surpassing greatness of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. Most of those presidents are dead. And all of them are former presidents. But Jesus is not. He's the Lord. The living Lord who speaks Every bit of the Bible is spoken out by God. It's breathed by God, 2 Timothy 3. And the word of God is living and active. Let me try and show you what I mean. Come to page 1256. 1256, we're in the book of Hebrews. 1256, Hebrews keeps quoting the Old Testament scriptures written hundreds of years before. It says this about the Old Testament scriptures, chapter 4, verse 12. For the word of God, chapter 4, verse 12, is living and active, 
sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. And it does that now. Come to chapter 10, 10 verse 15. He quotes something written by David. Jeremiah, sorry, hundreds of years before, verse 15, and he says, the Holy Spirit also testifies to us. Some of us don't know what a telephone is from the past. Some of us don't know what the present tense is, I'm guessing. But that's the present tense. Can you see it? The Holy Spirit also testifies now to us about this. Jesus is the Lord, the living Lord, who speaks. And when I read the Bible, Jesus is speaking to me. Do you believe that? When you read the Bible, Jesus is speaking to you. He reveals himself. He makes promises to you. He commands you. And thanks to God's Spirit, whom God has given me, I hear him. I trust him. And I need him. Do you see how good that is? Isn't that extraordinary? That the God of the universe, the Lord who sits at the right hand of God, wants to speak to you? And every time you open his word and read the words, he is speaking to you? Isn't that extraordinary? And each of us have got one at home. In fact, each of us have got one on our mobile phone. It doesn't cost you to read the Bible, does it? So we don't need to produce an ad like Telecom did to convince you to invest your hard-earned cash in reading the Bible. You've already got one. But I want to persuade you that it's worth actually reading it. For there are so many things competing for our time and our energy and some of us feel like there are many more interesting books to read. I feel that too sometimes. But it's only in this book that Jesus is going to speak to me. Do you treasure knowing Jesus? Do you want to treasure knowing him more? Then we've got to read this book on our own or with a friend. This is why we read it in our growth groups. How else are we going to grow? That's why it's the centre of when we meet together for church. And if we really believed this, that it's from the living Lord who speaks to us, it would change how we read the Bible, wouldn't it? It wouldn't be a chore or a task. We wouldn't be looking for a moral lesson for today. We'd be asking Jesus, help me to know you. Help me to treasure knowing you. When we've learnt something from it, we'd say, thank you, Jesus, for speaking to me. The Bible doesn't just help us know Jesus, does it? Knowing Jesus is supposed to produce action. Come back, last flip, to page 644. 644, this is our first Bible reading that John read for us. Psalm 119. Psalm 119, it's the longest psalm in the Bible. It's the longest chapter in the Bible. It goes for so jolly long. It's an acrostic poem on the letters of the Hebrew alphabet. You can see that there, can't you? Aleph is the first one. 
And every line of that part starts with that letter. Verse 1, blessed are they whose ways are blameless, who walk according to the law of the Lord. Blessed are they who keep his statutes and seek him with all their heart. You couldn't possibly think that it's just a book to know, could you? Blessed are they whose ways are blameless, who walk according to what God says. As a result, verse 11, what does he do? I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. We need to read this word so God speaks to us and we need to hide it in our hearts. It doesn't mean hide it away so you can't find it again, file it so it's stuck somewhere and you can't find it. No, we need to put it deep in our hearts what we think and care and feel about. And if we do that, then we will not sin against the Lord. It's the same thing that Jesus says, isn't it? The wise man is the one who hears my words and puts them into practice. Is that what you do when you read God's word? Are you looking to know Jesus and are you looking to obey him? What will that look like? We saw last week that serving and suffering for Jesus. And here, I think, is the real reason that we might not want to read the Bible. There's lots of reasons why you wouldn't want to read the Bible. You're too busy, it's hard to understand, you don't know where to start, and you're bored with it. But the biggest reason not to read the Bible is that it demands that we change. It demands that we serve other people. It demands that we suffer for Jesus. It's a double-edged sword. And not many people like sticking a double-edged sword in them, do they? Do you long to hear Jesus speak? Can you see how worth reading the Bible is? Can you see how to read it? Ask Jesus to speak to you and look to change. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, you know how we feel about reading the Bible. You know that for most of us, it's hard work sometimes and we feel often like doing something else. Father, help us to see how extraordinary it is that we can know about Jesus and that we can know Jesus because he speaks to us. Father, give us that longing, that longing to know him better and to obey him fully. We pray it in Jesus' name.